0: Got one man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson
1: goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes
0: magnificently on the outside. Hello, and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gable, and I'm joined, as ever, by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Hi, G. Hi, mate. Um, slightly later on the podcast this week, apologies, but a very jubilant couple of Bath fans here, Tom. Um, not only a win to talk about, but two brand new faces at Farley House, mate. Two
1: faces at least, and uh, I think a few more to come uh, in the coming days, G. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. You know, it felt slightly odd uh talking to you after two wins on the bounce three wins on the bounce something that hasn't happened for the club for 5 years uh, yeah, it's it's very odd,
0: and uh, yeah, it's all right. This winning, isn't it? Mm, yeah, can can get used to this, mate. Um, certainly uh, feel a lot better about recording the podcast after close victories uh, rather than those close defeats we suffered through last season. So, um, to come on this podcast, we're going to talk all about that win against Harlequins at the Wreck. We're also going to touch on um the, the the signings of of Cam Redpath and Reese Webb. Um, th- this week for Bath and then look ahead to uh, Derby Day at the Rec on Sunday the welcome of the the Bristol Bears so uh, loads to come on the podcast um, just before we get started make sure you are following us on social media for all the the, the live reaction to everything that goes on during the week uh, for the for the blue black and white uh, we're at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter Facebook and on Instagram so, so follow us there get involved with the discussion um, and, and yeah yeah, let's get into it Tom uh and let's start I think with the with, with the win at against Quinns at the rec both of us were there um you, that's two weeks in a row where you've left uh Bath games jubilant but um sodden I think
1: yeah conditions are not brilliant and you know the the, the morning of the game was uh you know bright sunshine and expecting sort of a lovely day at the uh, at the wreck and, uh, that quickly turned. So I'm, I'm glad I packed my, uh, my warm clothes because yet again, um, getting rained on, uh, in the strong winds watching Bath Rugby, but I couldn't be happier to, <laughs> to do it. And, uh, yeah, the return of the Mac wasn't it? Um, you know, Roy McConaughey with a, with a fantastic performance, started with an absolute shocker, shanked one off his left foot straight into, into touch. But following that was absolutely electric and, uh, um, that kind of made the made the day really. For him to get a couple of tries, but also to impact the game in the way that he did on a couple of occasions, he um, he was involved everywhere. So uh, extra special from that point of view as well. Because uh, podcast
0: favorite, yeah, certainly is a podcast favorite. He was definitely outstanding um, throughout the game, Tom. And I think we will come on to his performance a little bit later in the podcast. But we should should we kind of. Go through it um, chronologically initially. Yeah, go on. Uh, pick out some some points we thought were important. And then, yeah, as we get into that second half, um, we'll speak glowingly on multiple occasions about the superb uh, Big Mac and tries. But um, an even start, I, I, I would say, Tom. Kind of a lot of action in and around the halfway line, in and around the, the, the two 10-meter lines. Um, a start kind of marred by, by pretty poor kicking, both from Bath off the tee, but by both teams out of hand.
1: Yeah, Priestland them with a couple of missed kicks, early doors, and mm. I thought the you know on on, on a day like that it's it, it is tough kicking from hand, and I'm not sitting here pretending that I <laughs> uh, could probably even connect with the ball with uh, on my boot in in those kind of conditions. However, by the same token, in in those kind of conditions, it is a really effective weapon, mm. and if you can win the territory game, if you can. Uh, kick really intelligently as we've seen guys like George Ford do so effectively in the past you can just put the opposition in a whole world of trouble and I think both teams weren't quite good enough to do that Uh, for the most part yesterday I thought actually when Freddie Burns came on he made a bit of a a difference from that perspective and also Josh Matavesi was um, at times showed that he's got a really cultured left foot as I said to to you on the day. You never have a cultured right foot. It's always a cultured <laughs> left foot. And I think he, at times, has, has, has got one of those. So, yeah, a little bit scrappy. But obviously, early doors as well, we did get that
0: that try, which mm. was, you know, really well-worked well try off the line. Yeah, I, I think that um, Josh Matavesi's Boot kind of ranges from being cultured left boot to being a bit of a lumpy left boot at times. Uh, we saw a bit of a mixture from Matavesi all around, I think, on the day. Um, and just on the kicking, Tom, and you saying that you probably wouldn't be able to connect with uh, many off the tee or out of hand on the day. The, the halftime entertainment at the Wreck these days is is six um, place kicks at goal by by often drunk uh, fans. And we saw that that they were struggling <laughs> to get them anywhere near the post. I think um, one or two stag dudes meant that they were seeing about six balls. But uh, yeah, as you say, Priestland struggled a little bit early on. Um, not struggling, though, was was Big Mac. Um, and, and a set line-out move, some nice hands, ball back inside from Jack Walker, and a, a just a classy, um, cultured finish from from Roy McConaughey.
1: Yeah, one of those tries and one of those moves that look fantastic on the training park, and you absolutely nail it, and it all goes really well. But more often than not... Um, you know, the game is is unstructured as we know, and there's a the defender lurking around. Quinn's defence early on was was poor. You know, you had guys flying out of the line, guys drifting across and leaving gaps, but um exploited it really well. And McConaughey still had quite a lot to do when he received mm. that nice little um disguised pass from Jack Walker on the inside. Um beat Danny Kerr um you know with with characteristically sort of good, quick feet and and he was over early doors. So brilliant start uh but but unable to you know nail the mm. conversion, and we did as we 've seen in the past and as we saw last week against Worcester, we did let Quinns kind of mm. back in the game in that first half after that
0: point yeah five nil kind of didn 't really feel like um we 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 were far enough ahead from, than than what we than what we deserved to be, and I think that was kind of the case throughout that first half tom but yeah really good good try from McConaughey. and i i would feel like the the um the quin's defenders. Um, probably warned by by Toby Booth uh, to, to to get their heads in and and maul and just that little disguise from Walker peeling round the, the the Queens defenders had been sucked in by the threat of the maul uh, meant that there was nobody there to, to kind of guard that inside pass and as you say McConaughey plenty to do but but did he really nicely and I think we did grow into uh, the game. Um, after that and I think from between sort of 10 and 20 minutes was, was some of our our brightest rugby you know a nice break from me following a kick collect from Rory McConaughey Boyce then broke through the middle mm. and you know led to a scrum for Bath inside the 22 yeah. which eventually broke down after a knock-on from, from Chris Cook but I do feel like you know our, our, our game looked really quite fluent in that period um, there was offloading I felt like Jackson Willison was coming into the line really nicely uh, sort mm. of first receiver 10 taking a lot of pressure off Reese Priestland. We're exploiting the blind side a lot more than we have done in recent weeks. Chris Cook going one way and then biting back the other. And the, the, the offloading game was starting to stick. Um, Fours and backs linking, linking really well. And I feel like that, that sort of 10-minute period um, kind of... Uh, was some of our best stuff, and we we extended our lead to to eight nil on twenty minutes with a with a Reese Priestland penalty.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think week on week we're starting to see not perfect, but we're starting to see developments and, and progress in in our game. And I mentioned from Six Ways uh, last week, the, the offloading game, even in those poor conditions, I thought was really coming together. And I thought, again, this week, we saw another step forward in that department. Jackson Willison, top offloader in the 2018 season with Worcester Warriors, <laughs> <it>? of course. <laughs> uh, Josh Matavesi, you know, for a big guy, he's got some nice, um, you know, some so, so, some tidy hands and he, he, he's got really an eye for timing and, and offloading as well. And just those big guys up front again starting to grow more confident in that role. So again I think, and you know, this is echoed by Stuart Hooper after the game, I think we are starting to see developments in in our attacking game. We are starting to be more of a threat and to earn the right in the middle of the pitch to go wide and use our attacking weapons out front. And you know, gee, you mentioned mm. it was eight-nil and uh before the the, the Quinn's charge down try. Reese Prieston with uh with, with two uh, miss penalties and the miss conversion, and the uh, and the disallowed try for Josh Matavesi. So it could have been twenty one nil if we'd nailed mm. all those kicks and that try had gone our way, and the pass had just been a little bit flatter.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that Matavesi try again kind of showed the the, the um, ambition to not stick it up the jumper and more, but once again, Walker kind of peeled round and, and we've spoken a little bit about Jack Walker on this podcast and about how, you know, whilst he does do the tight stuff well, his best um, sure. moments in a bath shirt have sure. been with ball in hand and kind of, it was really nice to see us using, um, using his skills and yeah. not just, just kind of shoving a, a, a round pin in a, in a square hole and, and, and recognising that whilst he can do do the tight stuff and his line-out throwing was exceptional Mm -hmm. on the day but is ball handling skills are really good and 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 you know whilst he put McConaughey in for his try, he nearly put Matavesi in for for, for for his try and it was a slightly it was a slight combination of Matavesi maybe slightly overrunning it and, and Walker just um the ball just slipping out and going slightly forward. But I think that could have easily been twenty-one nil as you say and it would have been almost a deserved scoreline. And it's interesting because like you alluded to earlier, most of the time this season we've either stuck it
1: up the jumper and mm. tried to, to maul till the cows come home or we've got the ball up relatively quickly quickly and, and try to give it to our back so I wonder if that move that, that we saw a couple of times there is something that you know you know I love Tom Dunn to bits as we know but I'm wondering if that suits Jack Walker's skill set slightly better than Tom Dunn's potentially <laughs> and uh, you know it, it, that, that's kind of why they called that a couple mm. of times but yeah um, completely agree with you strong start and just as you thought you know it was going really well and and uh, Quinns had barely had the ball let alone being down in our in our twenty two, just one error. And yeah. an error that happens all too often with, with Rhys Prieston, I'm afraid, and not the best service from from Chris Cook. Uh, Quinn's players coming coming off the line quickly and Rhys Prieston just takes an extra step, kicks it too flat, and uh Alex Dombrant, to fit the narrative uh, latches onto that and and, and touches down for, for them to you know to to pull it back to only three points. Mm. And after all that dominance we've spoken about before in previous games after all that dominance it's even more demoralizing when just one moment
0: like that can mm. can pretty much bring you back to parity and when you do get a reputation like Priestland's probably players go looking you for you yeah. Yeah, yeah is he not is he starting skill or is he kind of maybe always had it in his game he's an experienced player Priestland and 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 the coaches will say look attack his foot if you get an opportunity in in the halfway line and and, and that's exactly what happened and it was just incredibly frustrating, Tom, because we worked so hard to get those eight points. We chugged away at the line, you know. We played some nice stuff. It, it looked quite bright. Eight points felt like, you know, trying to get 80 points for Bath in that first half. And then, bang, five points. It should have been seven because because Smith missed the conversion from pretty much in front. And And that is what is so ultimately incredibly frustrating because... When you work so hard, and and from a player's point of view, when you go through all those phases and and you tie yourselves out and then, you know, just like that, all that hard work is done, I I think particularly the forwards must find that extremely demoralising.
1: Yeah, but have you ever had a, a kick charge down... (laughs) <laughs> i was just wondering because i never have and it must what it do you must, mean you
0: never have well you know <laughs> how many kicks have we put in
1: <laughs> only drop goals and uh the it must be a strange one you know head down let's hammer this up the pitch and then suddenly uh you're back on your heels and you see someone collect it and go over to score it must be a strange one but i think <laughs> reese Prieston's probably becoming uh all too used to it to be honest and you know in the lead up to that charge down as well the perfect exit from mm. a coaching point of view Good dominant scrum, slightly wheel it on the on the right hand side. Zach Mercer beats the flanker, runs has a free run at Marcus Smith, makes um, you know ten yards and up to the twenty two. Perfect, quick ball, and then suddenly we're too slow at the ruck. Chris Cook's too slow on his service. The Quins players can realign, and it, and it's a charge down. And mm.
0: they'll look at that on Monday morning, and they'll think that is just unforgivable at that level mm. um wow. uh, to and, I, and i do think we're kind of all on priestland here and he definitely did take one or maybe two more steps but i think the service from cook um wasn't great and i think it wasn't great um for, for, for throughout a lot of the game and it, it was the same old story for cook where there were glimpses of of, of genius but there were glimpses of um of What's the opposite of genius? You know, absolute brainless. Yeah, he just fires hot and cold, and, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and, and 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 we know that from Cook, and that's kind of what you're going to get. But I do think his service on the day wasn't great, and um, you know, Reese Webb coming in, as we mentioned, will hopefully kind of add to that 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 zippy service which Bath maybe haven't had for, for a couple of seasons
1: now. Yeah, and I think you know it was demoralising, and I think that took the wind out of ourselves slightly in that in that first half and the remaining fifteen uh fifteen or so minutes of that half was was pretty dour from both sides. Mm. The rain started to to come in at the wreck. There were a series of three or four uh sort of ping pong kicks that were all very very poorly struck mm. a couple that went straight out and uh yeah I think that sort of last you know the last bit of that first half is probably. Uh, a few minutes to forget. Mm. However, as we as we've done as we did last week and as we've done previously, maybe some stern words from Stuart Hooper and we came out absolutely firing and on the front foot in in that second half G. Mm. Plenty of opportunity to to turn it into points. But on this occasion, unlike last week, not able to do that initially.
0: Yeah, and, and helped by by another Quinn's error. And I will just kind of say, I think it is important that we mention, Tom, that Quinn's on the day were were dire, to, to be honest. The, the, the lack of quality they showed, you know, one charge down and one kind of breakaway try um, was all to really speak of from their point of view. So many errors. And, and I do think they allowed us to play um, well, but that isn't to say that we, we didn't play um, well, certainly in patches. And, and, and a deliberate knock on from, from substitute fullback Brett Heron on 43 minutes to reduce them to, to 14 men. Um, Bath go into the corner, get another penalty but then give a penalty away themselves in a really wasteful fashion. But then just a couple of minutes later, a lovely kick through from Chris Cook, which is deflected from care, puts us into the corner again. So that's five that's three uh, three line outs from five meters out in three minutes tom Mm -hmm. um and no points to come away with and uh, away uh, away with and and given quins were were down to 14 men at the time that felt like a really massive opportunity missed and and i kind of turned to on the day and thought i really hope we we kind of don't live to regret that
1: yeah completely agree and we've uh, you know last week it was it was just on the stroke of half time just before and and, and this week just after mm. and you know, a, a forward pass again in a promising position out to out to Rory McConaughey. um just again not quite being able to find that final pass and then the first chance that that Quins mm. get in that second half you know, they i think they identified that Elliot Stuke had twisted his his ankle and was was kind of limping back into the into into the defensive line and out on the short side uh, a half break from from Ebatoye who was snagged very well by by Tom Ellis, and then Marcus Smith with with a one on one and um, had all the angle to beat to beat Tom Homer and go in. You know, one chance for Quins, and suddenly they go 12-8 ahead, and um, <laughs> it's just you know I don't want to use the F word, G, but um, <laughs> so frustrating that that first 10-15 minutes because you just felt again that that would have been very demoralising from a Bath point of view.
0: Yeah, it, it is exactly the, the, the same old story in that we, we work really hard. We have all of the chances, but yet they're... I don't even say they're more clinical. It just kind of... The ball bounced for them for the, the charge down, certainly a mistake from us, and then another mistake really from us and a nice bit of skill from, from Smith. And that's all it takes to, to get 12 points, whereas we've worked so hard, as we say, to to get just the eight. And it did feel... Um, at that point, to me, like uh, almost like it was the tide was beginning to turn, and they'd got through that um ten minute period with Brett Heron in the sim bin um, and then they'd gone ahead and and they looked like they were that the, the Smith was starting to just pull the strings, and Bath kind of maybe looked a little bit demoralized. Um, having missed those those three gilt edge chances in the Quinn's twenty two and it did feel to me like maybe um the the, the tide was beginning to turn um, and I do think the introduction actually of uh, of Freddie Burns and also Tom Dunn uh, onto the field, which came immediately after mm. um the, the 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 Marcus Smith charge down um, was actually a a, a key um, momentum swift a momentum shift in the game. Um, and, and and yeah, they, they, those two both had had big impacts. Um, Burns, as you say, with his kicking, but Dunn also with his um, with his kind of presence and menace uh, in the defensive line.
1: Yeah, massively. I think Tom Dunn, as always, coming on and coming back, particularly into that that twenty three late on after um, not being needed for, for for the England game. I think that was absolutely massive because he just brings that um, you know that solid element, that consistency. Mm. In the tight. And, you know, we should say, gee, that the the two props, will, uh, 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 Boyce and, um, and uh, uh, Christian Judge, mm. both played mm. the full 80. So they put in a monumental yeah, shift. Okay. And I think if there was one thing that I was really quite concerned about looking down that 23, mm. and obviously because we've got the guys away with England, it just was that experience on the, um, uh, sort of in the front row on the bench. So Tom Doherty, Lucas Naguera and Sam Nixon, you know, you've got to feel like that is a little bit of a step down in terms of experience at at that level, and when you're against some experienced guys coming off the bench, Mark Lambert for Quinns,
0: mm. um, that that would you know, yes, uh, I think done coming back into the 23 was yeah. huge. Yeah, it was huge, and and I do think he he made a big impact, and and, and Bath made it back to 11 points to 12 um, on, on 58 minutes after a a Francois Low. Uh, turnover in inside the 22 led to Freddie Burns that man coming on and kicking um, much more uh, much much better than Prieston, making it 11 twelve Tom and then um, the absolute kind of key moment in the game. Uh, came on for 64 minutes. Um, Bath still trailing at this point, 11 points to to 12. Um, they they get into our, uh, our 22. Quinns get into our 22. A lovely ball from from Marcus Smith releases the the second most electrifying Gabriel in rugby at the moment. Uh, Gabriel Vitoie. Yeah, he's the first exactly, uh, <laughs> um, and he he kind of goes for the corner like all good wingers sh- should do. Um, but Rory McConaughey um, in absolutely fantastic fashion. And, you know, last week it was probably Zach Mercer loving, but this week it's definitely Rory McConaughey loving. A fantastic tackle. And then to swing back onto his feet, release the tackler, get over and win the turnover with the help of Josh Matavesi was absolutely pivotal. You know, not only did he probably prevent a try there from from, from the tackle and, and and started kind of scragging in Batoia, who was destined for that try line, I thought from the angle yep. I was seeing it and then swing onto his feet and win the turnover and, and kind of allow Quins to get absolutely nothing from that visit was was just magnificent
1: yeah he had a couple of eye-catching moments obviously the brace of tries mm. a couple of really um really dangerous looking but half sort of half line breaks from the from the back of the back of the field also a couple of high balls that he that mm. he took majestically as he did so well in his first season of rugby union last Rubber Union 15's last season but that was the biggest moment I think of, of his 80 and he will know that um, the players well, will I know I told that. him after yeah. the game the, you know <laughs> they'll, they'll look back on that and they'll be like oh, sort of Francois Lowe has been rubbing off not only on our young back row boys but also on um, uh, also on our back three, boys. Absolutely fantastic turnover. And then, mm. you know, off off the back of that as well. Gia, uh, uh, a scrappy line out from the penalty from Bath. A uh, Reese Prieston sort of picked it up and made the half break. And then again, we backed ourselves on the short side, backed our handling skills. Great little pass, sort of over the top of the the defender after the tackle from from Matavesi. Hands at White and McConaughey. Simple overlap again with some pretty poor. Uh, defence from Ibatoye coming off his wing and McConaughey, again just cantered in over the line to, to 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 go ahead and to 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 get that winning try. So brilliant few minutes from from McConkey there but all set up by um, a text, but Jackling which uh,
0: uh, we've not seen from him before I Yeah, think? no it was it, it was fantastic and it's important to note that that came in sort of a 2 minute spell and it, it kind of goes from being 17, 11 to Quinns, maybe even 19, 11 to Quinns to, to being 16 to 12 to Bath in the space of about 90 seconds. And it's so refreshing to see uh, a kind of a massive swing like that it's so often the other way around where Bath make an error and the team go down the other end and score and McConaughey at the heart of it and as Rob Horsfall-Turner uh, puts it so well on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug he says McDonald's special monopoly has come early this year hashtag return of the Mac um, yeah fantastic from from Roy McConaughey and just kind of a, a really brilliant game but that those two minutes were, were the key two minutes in the game and he was absolutely centre stage yeah, completely. And and from that point onwards, you know, another
1: tidy penalty from, from Freddie Burns. Mm. And we should say that they were the first points from the tee that he's had this season in the Gallagher Premiership. Mm. So to come on with Prieston still on the field, who clearly was not having a, a good day from the kicking tee, to come on and, and nail his kicks like that, I thought showed really good bottle. You know, against Worcester last week, again, I mentioned that he came on and, and just solidified things, just shored it up. And I think again from, from Freddie Burns, he looked he looked pretty, um, pretty pretty sound when, when, when he came on. It's yeah. almost as if he's you know he's trying to impress some some potential uh, future mm. employers. G maybe but, yeah, but yeah.
0: Brilliant. from uh... Assured at 15 as well, Burns. I think that's important to know that it's 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 not his natural position playing at 15, but he's coming on there more and more regularly. And he makes so few errors kind of um, fielding the ball now. And I think that was maybe something that he struggled with last season when he was kind of pushed back to 15 to try and accommodate him in Priestland. But I think he looks more assured and more confident in his positioning play. That's just Probably simply from from playing more rugby there, and 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 I do think that that he he had kind of a um a calming impact when 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 Homer limped up. So yeah, impressive from him again.
1: Yeah, and again we were able to show the bottle, you know, not without a few moments where your heart was in your mouth, but we were able to show the bottle to close that game out quite quite comfortably in the end. Mm. So again, and uh, uh, G, you you were there as well, but Stuart Hooper at the end addressing the the fans not with quite. the microphone. And uh, we all we all love to see that. And the point he made was, at the moment, we you know we are finding a way to win these tight games. We're learning how to to win these tight games. This game, the Worcester game, the Sale game, the Leicester game, we could have all we could have lost those quite easily. And I think last season we spoke about whether it's luck, whether it's coaching, whether it's mentality. Last season, my sense is that we would have thrown away at least one. Uh, of those games, if, if, four. if yeah, if not, <laughs> if not four of them, we went on that horrible run with Worcester, Quinn mm. Saints, and we threw away all those games. And it's no coincidence that the same teams in seasons gone by have found a way to win those close games consistently. And I think that's what Stuart Hooper's trying to uh, instill in yeah. these guys: learning how to close out those games when we're ahead, and then after that, once we've got that nailed down and we understand how we do that, the decisions mm-hmm. we make, how we manage the game. I think then, he said, we can uh, we can learn how to start winning games well yeah. and, 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 you know, enjoying the spectacle
0: uh, <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm bought in. Yeah, I know you are. And I know you are bought in and I, I absolutely love to see it, mate. And I, I kind of am sort of half bought in, you know, the the, the cards out the wallet. But I've not quite yet touched the contactless on on the car machine. I'm I'm nearly there. I'm nearly all buying in. But um, I, I just think that Quinn's were so bad on on Saturday, and and I, even in that last ten minutes, you know, they made it pretty comfortable for us with with very little going on in, in attack. Marcus Smith, pretty much the only shining light for them and in a tank and even in in the forward pack, I kind of just feel like, God, if, if you were a Quins fan, it would have been a pretty dreary day to to be a Quins fan.
1: We nearly handed it to him on a plate though. Mm. Like Freddie Burns coming out of fullback, sensing kind of a half line break and giving sort of offload out of the out of the back of the hand, I think it was, went to ground, and if. Uh, Aaron Morris had had picked that up. He might have been away with with two or three <laughs> other guys around him to to score and go in and, and level up the game at nineteen at all, but um, able to hold on. I agree. I think Quins were Quins were poor, but you can only beat what's mm. in front of you, and 100%. we have found ways to let poor teams come yeah. through us and beat us in the past. And yeah. yet again, three ones on the bounce didn't do that.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think the the. <laughs> the the I don't know how I don't know how to describe it the the speech, I guess by, by Hooper at the end of the game should be lost here because what a moment that was, he's down there. So he's in front of the, um, the covered stand where we weren't on Saturday as, um, you know, our, our, you know, as, and we got very wet because of it, but in kind of in front of where most of the season ticket holders are, and he's kind of getting interviewed by the, um, by the guy that does the, the, the guy that is the tannoy speaker at the rec on match days. Um, But he's not, when he gets the question, he's not kind of doing, he's not like looking him in the eye and like going kind of like, Facing him, he grabs the mic off him, and it's almost like something out of a, a Roman film, like in Gladiator. He's there, just like addressing his people about, like, what does he say? You know, we're learning how to win. Now we've got to learn how to win well, and like he's just doing it in the most like gladiatorial yeah. fashion. And me, after a couple of beers on Saturday, was absolutely loving it. So yeah, I think uh, a lot more of, those, of that. <laughs> I think a lot
1: of those season ticket holders were not entertained either. <laughs> <laughs> I would... <laughs> But anyway, we should we should come on to we've got lots to talk about. We should come on to. A a couple of the key yeah, talking points, on, I think, G. So I'll yeah, throw, right. throw this first one over to you because I know you've got strong views on this. Mercer mm. versus Dom Brandt, the talking point <laughs> before the game. Both, well, Dombrant obviously being spoken about with England. Uh, Mercer being spoken about by us for England. Um, how do you think those two uh, fared up against each other?
0: Well, I, I think, and I don't know whether this is blue, black and white tinted lenses, but I think Mercer certainly got the better of him on Saturday and I don't know what the stats say Tom but maybe you'd like to enlighten me but I just feel like Mercer was 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 maybe not his, his best game for Bath but he was so prominent in a lot of what we did well and I thought in particular picking off the base of scrums and beating that flanker and getting over the gain line and we've spoken about how when, when Francois Lowe potentially plays there he, he's not as secure from the base of scrum but Zach Mercer absolutely fantastic and whilst Don Brandt had that one try and I think apart from that he was he was anonymous and I do feel like if he's going to just, just kind of watching him on Saturday which I was doing quite closely yeah and, and and in the nicest possible way, I feel like if he's gonna get into the um England setup, I do think he needs to potentially get a little bit fitter because you know, Zach Mercer for me outshone him and, and Don Brandt did nothing to kinda of live up to a lot of the hype which I've kind of been hearing.
1: Yeah, and you look at you look at the, the cold hard statistics, which is obviously only tell half a story, you know, but Zach Mercer, twenty carries for fifty seven meters, eleven defenders beaten. An offload and you know a few tackles, a couple of turnovers as well, and then you compare that to Alex Dombrandt, four carries for only eleven meters, and he didn't beat a beat a defender. So that's gotta gotta tell the story, I think, from um, from from an England perspective, and I think we case closed. Yeah, it, it's not case closed because these guys are very very young. <laughs> they have both got stuff to work on, I think, and there's no doubt that Eddie Jones will be on the phone to both of them, probably talking about fitness and and getting. Uh, more into the structure of the game for, from an Alex Dombrunt point of view, and for Zap Mercer, you know we know what he's been told to work on—just getting a little bit, a little bit stronger, a bit bigger, so we can cope with uh, the test match intensity, but without losing the the fleet of foot and the agility that 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 we know he's got mm. and that, that makes him so special. So I think those guys are, are both on the radar. On the radar, Dombrant's had good performances so far this season, and if we had uh, a Quins fan on on the podcast today, you know uh, they might that uh, they might well they'd probably have completely opposite views. So it's an interesting one there's there is back row talent at the
0: moment but for me that Mercer came out clear winner on the day. Right. And then one for you Tom and I I'll, I'll set this up with a a tweet from Ben Bruce Smith who says been really impressed with Matavesi and love the way he's trying mm. to play. The offload leading to McConaughey's winner comes to mind. What are your thoughts on if we should extend his time at the wreck given other center options at the club Tom? It's a it's a difficult one because
1: when he when he came in it was it was clear that he was just a bit of a a bit of a, a stopgap and a mm. bit of a, a kind of let's get someone in now that now that Roberts is gone. I said to you, G, at, at the time, and you were sceptical that mm. I thought he was a he was quite an astute signing. Obviously, he is still a little bit off Premiership pace, having played in the Championship with Newcastle, and I think that shows slightly. He's a little bit too overambitious at, at points. He took his eye off the ball a couple of occasions, most notably, kind of dropping that kickoff. A few of his uh, his kicks were quite agricultural, but I think there are <laughs> signs there for me that he is he's a talented player. However, that said, you know we'll we'll come on to talk about transfer transfer news and and looking ahead, Cam Redpath from Sale. Uh, obviously, the boys we've got currently in the squad. So Max Wright, Max Clark, uh, 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 Tom De Glanville, Maxa Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, obviously established players as well. So I, Jackson I, Willison, yeah, and Jackson Willison, who had a, another great game, was yeah, obviously top offloader for Worcester in the twenty eighteen <laughs> twenty eighteen season. So I think that whether whether his, his kind of place going forwards on a long term basis is is at the club, I'm I'm not so sure. We've only seen two games of him in the in the blue, black, and white, but I think definitely promising. And uh, a lot of what he's doing, Roberts couldn't do, and we, mm. you know, we should say that. And I think he's effective in, in the carry. He, he drags in defenders. He makes he makes he gets on the front foot. Quick ball. He allows us to earn the right to go out wide and to. Uh, to, to 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 look more potent in attack, and yeah, I've been really impressed so far.
0: Yeah, I, I think I was slightly less impressed than you were from his performance, I'm from from a lot of people on Twitter kind of saying how well they thought he played. So so maybe I'm kind of seeing this wrong, but but I do think he he made you know a number you know a number of errors which were which were kind of um I guess, yeah I guess magnified probably because I was looking for him to have, have a strong playing strong game and trying to evaluate his performance because I know you'd said how um kind of highly you rated the the, the signing mm. um I will say though that the, some of the errors he made were kind of he wasn't on the same wavelength as the 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 other Bath attackers. You know, a couple of offloads he threw where, if if you've played with him on on more occasions, you may be on the other end of that, and then that looks fantastic, and 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 that's kind of highlighted as a really uh, key moment in the match. So so maybe a bit more game time with Matavesi and and Willison and and McConaughey, Homer, Rocco, and, and and all these other guys and the forwards kind of learning when and where he likes to offload, that might help his game. And, and the other thing is you mentioned all of those centres and, and, and whilst they're all fantastic players in their own rights with, with a lot of um, different strengths, I do think Matavesi potentially offers something slightly different to all of um, Bath sentence. So, if he can continue to put in performances and continue to show that he can get over the game line at a premiership level, then I do see how, you know, he potentially could have a future at the club. But, um, whether or not uh, there's more centre signings to come, or and whether or not you know that that's even a possibility, kind of remains to be seen. So I still think that's potentially a bit of a long way off, Matavesi long term. But um, yeah, I guess guess uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, one. He,
1: he does offer something different. And one of the issues we've had this season, as as we've spoken about, is our tri scoring potency mm. goes back to to something that that Ryan North actually tweeted us saying about. Um, how that remains a concern obviously pushing up to top four three ones on the bounce for the first time in years leapfrogging bristol and then them overtaking us again really setting up uh, a mouth derby and we Ooh. are in the race and the the, the signing of reese webb this uh, this week for, for the remainder of this season shows the short-term ambition of the club to to push up into the top four but to to challenge the top clubs you need to, to, to score tries because you can guarantee that they will find moments of brilliance and they will score tries against you. And I do think that Matavesi, potentially on a short-term basis, does offer something slightly different and slightly uh, probably unseen um, and mm. unpredictable from a defensive point of view. And uh, I think him and Willison are potentially uh, uh, quite a potent and and, and difficult to defend
0: center
1: mm. uh, combination. But
0: but time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Um, kind of any any other points to to make on this game, Tom? Plenty of off field stuff to come to, and also the the look ahead to Derby Day against uh, Bristol Bears. Any other final points you uh, want to make? Just one guy I was I was going to pick out mm-hmm. as well. Obviously the the talk.
1: Uh, during the England uh, the England game of Jonathan Joseph out on the wing and and Charlie Yule's Charlie Yule's for the first time ever I think seeing him play professional mentioned. rugby at 8 I think we we may have found another position another player who can play at a position for, for Eddie Jones Tom Ellis finding himself <laughs> loose on the wing, I think three or four occasions yeah. and doing a, you know, looking pretty potent at one, one, uh, one, instance, putting in a little, little chip and chase ahead, uh, which again, he struck slightly agriculturally, but the result was there. Um, uh, it took me back to the days of Matt Banahan on the wing who would hoof them sometimes, but they go about 70 yards. Uh I think he had a he had a good game and again is growing into growing into that role. He came back on for Francois Lowe when he went off for, for the HIA. He can play across the back row and across the back line. By the looks of it, and uh, I thought he had a another very
0: very strong game, noticeable game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and when it, when it is when there are high uh, levels of competition in the back row, then then I guess he's just trying to add more uh, strings to his bow uh, and show that he can potentially play on the wing. But um, a great victory for Bath, and I think it is key that the point you make, Tom, about how we're grinding out wins and and we weren't. Um, grinding out wins last season. And that makes such a difference when you look at the Premiership. And it just fulfills you with a little bit of an optimism that if we can continue to expand on our game, get, a, get the guys back from England in a strong position, you know, we may, may be able to achieve something this season. So yeah, quite a positive uh, couple of weeks for Bath and um, made even more positive, Tom, in the last few days. Mm. Um, so firstly, the signing of... Cameron Redpath from Sale. Uh, I think I'll read actually the, the way that Sale Sharks announced um, the signing. So, so Sale Sharks, this is from their website. Sale Sharks can today announce that Cameron Redf- Redpath will leave the club with immediate effect to join Bath Rugby on a three-year contract. The club have reluctantly agreed to accept a six-figure transfer fee to release Cameron from his Sale Sharks contract after unsuccessful negotiations with the player over the past couple of weeks. Redpath was in the second year of a five-year contract but has failed to retain a regular 1st team place after a number of injuries halters halted his development
1: was that sorry, Was that injuries or south africans
0: <laughs> yeah another word of south africans but um yeah so i think the point from that is the, the how reluctant and how disappointed sale obviously are to lose someone like cam redpath who who clearly is highly rated by both sale and by england so so i guess on the basis of that we should be pretty happy um which i certainly am about this signing tom for sure it's a very very exciting signing and i think with
1: as I mentioned, with Max Sajomo, Gabe Hammerweb, Tom Deglamo, we've the got boys. a seriously exciting backline coming through, and I think Cam Redpath is probably, you know, on sort of a par with with Hammerweb, and that he'll hopefully be be starting to see regular regular first time first team uh, rugby that he obviously wasn't getting at Sale um, for you know for for various reasons, and I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think it is it is a really interesting one because he's clearly been on Stuart Hooper's radar as well. Mm. Uh, you know, Hooper mentioned in the in the press conference that it's someone that he's he's been looking about, looking at, and I think obviously we want to be growing our our own players and we want to be um, you know. Uh, the, the, the academy's really strong at Bath and we want to be seeing that come into come through into the first team but I think when we can sign these players when we can get these players to commit to to long-term deals at the club so three years in the case of of Cam Redpath we can really start to to turn them around show mm. them a fresh outlook and just uh, you know uh, really kind of enhance their 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 careers and Will Stewart is a is mm. a good example of that Die Young was was gutted to uh, let him go from from wasps to join bath mm. and and we can see why so that reaction from from steve diamond is uh i think kind of tells us all we need to know
0: mm. and I, I think not just will stewart this there's, there's kind of quite a few in bath history as we've mentioned yeah. so anthony watson jonathan We're joseph like sam underhill all these guys mm. that have come when when they've certainly got england ambitions and and kind of it's good to see that that they still kind of see bath as a really um good career move for them and 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 kind of see that that they're going to get good coaching and they're going to get um good quality of rugby hopefully that will allow them to to end up playing for 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 england and i think it's just really um yeah refreshing to see that that that, um that players want to still come to bath i think there was a kind of a uh an attitude towards Bath, maybe last year uh, when, when we failed to sign a high-profile pl- fly half, that it wasn't the most attractive prospect. But signing a guy like Cam Redpath, when there are other clubs, you know, Exeter, rumored to be interested in him mm. as well, it's just a fantastic sign for the club. And yep. yeah, really, really excited by this. You know, the the guy's been involved with England almost since he was about eighteen years of age. He was due to go on the South Africa tour before the World Cup um, with with the England senior team, and that's when he's about 19 years of age uh, and, and so he's clearly rated by england rated by sale this is a fantastic coup by bath and i'm really really excited to kind of see him in him, him in a bath show and it might be sooner rather than later this is an immediate deal yeah you know this is fantastic news for for any bath fans i was really really excited to see it go through and, and uh, you, it kind of mentions the three-figure buyout that bath had to pay to get him out of his five-year contract at sale but and this is purely speculation, I was kind of under the impression there would have been a similar fee for for the Stormers to buy Jamie Roberts out. So is there a chance that it was kind of Roberts for Matavesi and Redpath and if so we have done superbly well out of that because because Matavesi and Roberts are potentially you know more more on par than than maybe was first anticipated and add Redpath to the mix and the scales are definitely tipped in Bath favor yeah is,
1: uh, question for you is is Redpath one of those players like Tom de Glamble who's still trying to find his mm. his best position because I know he's played 12 I think he's I understand he's played a bit of fifteen as well, and I just I think it'd be interesting to see where ultimately Stuart Hooper believes he, you know, his uh, or Gervin Dempsey believes that his his future is because all these signs are very promising, and we've spoken about the guys that that, that have come in and, and 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 where also we really need uh, more to add more depth in our squad. Obviously, Reese Webb um, coming coming in adds adds to the nine jersey there with with Max Green away, but the number ten shirt is the one for me, where I think we do need to see someone come in. And I don't think that Cam Proth or de are the answer for that, at least next season. Hmm. Uh, obviously, with Freddie Burns likely to, to be leaving the, the wreck as well, that would only leave Reese Priestland really as a, as an option for next season. So do you think that one of these guys are earmarked for the tensure or should we be expecting a bit more news? Because it all <laughs> seems to have gone a little bit quiet on the on the Alex Zosky front.
0: I'm kind of under the impression, having read around a little bit about Redpath uh, and what he's been where he's been playing uh, in recent seasons, I'm under the impression he can play and has played 10, 12, 13, and 15. And I guess I potentially think that um Bath have signed him knowing this. But surely they've signed him kind of with the anticipation to to see if he can do it long-term at fly half. Because as you say, that seems to be a, a, a glaring um, weakness in the squad going forward with, with very little news about another fly half coming in a position we're clearly looking to strengthen, given all the rumours circulating at the end of last season and kind of what happened there with Rhys Preeson. So I think he's come in, I, I guess, without the coaches necessarily 100% knowing what his best position is. And I think over the course of the rest of this season, the coaches will look to to learn that and then maybe... Plan going into next season off the basis of that, but I I would love to see him kind of develop into a yeah. a high class twelve, uh, high class ten because we know that that's probably not going to happen with the Glanville, where when we probably potentially hoped it might happen with him, but fingers crossed it can happen for for Redpath and he certainly played fly half for for, for at school and he's definitely played fly half at, at times for for England age group, so there is um there's a pedigree there for for that to happen. Yeah,
1: I think. Possibly that's the intention, but what I would, you know, like to make sure that we we do is is allow him the flexibility to not get shoved into a, a position where we need him, but rather let him kind of find his best position organically. And my sense is that he's not coming as a ten, at least on an immediate basis and as sort of i understand it i think the you know the reason that we've kind of been um, you know been talking about the fact that there has been delay to to the announcements uh, particularly of these these saracens guys is around that kind of discussion on whether a deal should be a loan or whether it should be a permanent contract i think that's kind of the reason for the the radio mm-hmm. silence and i think to be announced shortly geas has been kind of widely reported now we have I think agreed terms now with Ben Spencer to come across on a 3 mm-hmm. year permanent deal which for me if that does materialize as expected that's a massive uh, a massive win. Saracens clearly pushing for for a 1 year loan deal uh, and I think Stuart Hooper pushing back. So that's huge and if the same thing is going on behind closed doors with with an Alex Zasowski or or a Max Max Malins for example genuine uh, experience at 10 and, and potential 10s going forwards. Uh, then I think for me that is that is kind of the the optimal solution.
0: Yeah, I, I I'd agree, and I do think um, there are similarities between. Um, the versatility of Redpath and of Lozowski. But Lozowski's undoubtedly got a lot more experience at fly half, having played there for Wasps when he first kind of came into uh, Premiership rugby. So if he were to sign, then then I kind of do feel like that would be the intention for him to to play at 10 going forwards. And and yeah, you know, the rumours are of, of that three-year deal for Ben Spencer, um, you understand that that's done, so uh, it is done.
1: I'll believe you. I'll believe you. And as is as is the deal for another Spencer. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, this time will Spencer. Well, the uh, sorry, go on. The uh, yeah, the um, Leicester is he still at Leicester? Yes, the, the lock. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. But one thing that is confirmed in the scrum half shirt, Tom, is that Rhys Webb. Um, this came out of the blue. Signed on a six month loan deal uh, from now until the end of the season. Obviously, there was rumours that he may come permanently after his fallout with Toulon, but he agreed a, a contract with Ospreys. So he could play for Wales. Yeah.
1: Toulon have then turned around and said, We don't want you to play for us again. So, mm. you know, well, we're, 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 he's played no rugby at all. He's played 19 minutes in the Six Nations. He needs to get game time under his belt. Ospreys can't take him. So I think he's essentially, Bathurst and you said, yeah, we'll um,
0: we'll, we'll we'll take
1: you for the rest of the season. And uh, great, Sonny, you're the, you're the resident scrum half. Hand it back to you.
0: Well, for me, it's certainly an upgrade on anything we've we've got at scrum half. Certainly something different to anything we've got at scrum half. And uh, and if he can re regain any. Um, any kind of form that we saw a few years ago, then this is a fantastic um, signing for for just six months, particularly if then we do sign a long-term scrum off in the summer. It's just brilliant. And, 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 and I think what it shows, Tom, and I think I was quite critical of the club after the Jamie Roberts deal. I think I suggested that it showed a real lack of ambition to win anything this season because I was certain in the belief that, that, that Roberts, gave us, Roberts gave us a better chance to win this season than what Matavesi did. And therefore, by letting him go, it was almost kind of writing this season off as, as having you know no opportunity to do anything. This is the exact opposite of that. This is kind of Hooper saying, we've got a chance to, 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 to yep. get into the top four and we've got a chance to win the premiership this season that is what this signing is saying otherwise you just don't bother with it because they're ch- clearly trying to look for an upgrade at scrum half and this just signing in for six months is going you know what we're going somewhere here and we can actually do something and whether we can do something or not is a completely different story but the ambition that the club show is just absolutely fantastic and that was what pleased me most yeah
1: there's, there's something slightly different about, about this signing i think it's kind of how i felt when we signed toby falato a few seasons back this is a genuine world class class player mm. who was world class um, and probably and could still still be world class g and i think the key is going to be what kind of reese webb what's he got left in the tank mm. he's not played much rugby he didn't have the best time at, at toulon for, for rugby and for for family reasons as well. So, how much does he want it? And I think when players know that potential international honours around the corner, as he does, players tend to tend to pull it out the bag a little bit for for their club. So, hopefully, we can ride the coattails of of that one for the remainder of the season. And for me, you know, Cook and Chudley are are good in different ways, and we've been flip flopping between them, trying to find out what uh, style of scrum half play better suits our overall attacking strategy and I think that Reece Webb coming in kind of puts all that to bed now. He apparently has been training really well this week. He's come straight in. Hooper said he's been chomping at the bit to get involved as he would be obviously wanting mm. to get some game time under his belt. He's he's obviously a fast learner. He's going to bring some some experience as well. Imagine Ollie Fox turning up at Farley House and Reece Webb is there just to uh, just to take him under his wing and and, <laughs> and show him the ropes. Fantastic stuff and uh, I really really hope that we see Webb line up at least in the 23 against Bristol. Because for me, that is a serious statement of intent. Let's get him in, let's start... Getting him to earn his money and to to, to <laughs> see the results of, of that kind of class come on to come onto the pitch.
0: Well you, you took the next question out of my mouth, Tom. Oh, and, he's got it, he's and, got it come in. Will will red path or Webb? not red path. So so you can see Webb what on the bench for, for for the Bristol game, do you think? I'd be tempted to stick him straight in. <laughs> How much rope is he played? I well, 19
1: minutes, the Six Nations. Yeah, I, good. <laughs> I don't know. I I would I would be tempted to, to be honest. I just I just think that we're crying out for for something slightly different in in that department. I think Cook didn't have his best game at the weekend. And I think, you know, probably similar conditions expected at the wreck. The, the mud pool as is, is Pat Lamb, um, quite disrespectfully, I think, has said. But anyway, I'll come on to that. <laughs> uh, and I think get him in at least in the 23. Let's show Bristol that um, we've got international calibre in our <laughs> ranks. We've got top class players in our ranks. They won't be able to, they won't be able to live with that with year Urine coming off the bench. And uh, um, let's, uh, let's get into them.
0: <laughs> well, that brings us really nicely onto the preview. Are we not going to talk about uh, Will Spencer? Uh, um, do you want to talk about Will no, Spencer? go on, we'll <laughs> save it. <laughs> it's nearly 11 o'clock. Um, yeah. Um, Right, that moves us really nicely, Tom. onto to the huge derby at the wreck on um on Sunday. Um, <laughs> the John Everly Derby, as it is it's probably should be known. Um we're both going to be there again at the wreck on Sunday. Um, should be a cracking atmosphere, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing for this one.
1: Absolutely. I've got a got a couple of quiz questions for you oh, I um, love it. Uh, on Bristol. Just very, very quick ones, but hopefully we'll make my <laughs> My point of my point. You'll make my point of view for me. When was the last time that Bristol beat Bath
0: at the wreck in the in the Gallagher Premiership? I would say two thousand and thirteen. Two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Okay. Bath <laughs> holds. This bath don't do this. Cause this is just, <laughs> just gonna come back to bite
1: you. Yeah, I know. I should stop, <laughs> but it is <laughs> satisfying. And I think what. Well, what wound me up a little bit was uh was pat Lamb's comments because i think the way he i don't know if you've you've seen the interview but um i think with with kind of bristol post or whoever um and talking about the mud pool and i think you know he was a little bit kind of disrespectful in how he um how he kind of referred to re- referred to bath and i think obviously it's all it's all fun and games and you see uh coaches sort of sparring the the, the whole time but I, I do think that you know there's an element of um you know respect needs to be shown but we're we're the kings of the southwest <laughs> we've got six premiership titles and a european cup they've got a couple of uh a couple of challenge cups and a, and a championship runners-up medal so let's uh let's all keep it in perspective i think uh we'll obviously be giving them a warm welcome uh warm welcome down to the wreck and no, I'm, I'm i'm obviously tongue-in-cheek but it's going to be fantastic mm. it's a sellout uh, plenty of people will be making the the 12 mile trip across from from Bristol to to the wreck to, to enjoy it, and uh, we're going to have a web in Falatau available, Cam Red Path, um, so. You know, it's going to be exciting, and uh, yeah, I can't wait.
0: Well, and, and Benno Abarno and Will Stewart course, yeah, both yeah, been released from from the England squad. Probably a little bit disappointingly from from Will Stewart's point of view, but hugely um, positively from a Bath point of view. And will Bristol be be strengthened by by any guys returning from internationals this week?
1: Is that a quiz question? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we, we need to get off this. Just come back to bite us. But yeah, really, really looking forward to this one, and and, and kind of a, a genuine point probably the first genuine point we're going to make in this preview and maybe the only one but the return of of Benno and Stewart is absolutely key not just from from kind of what they bring themselves and coming straight back in to to support Jack Walker but also the depth and that gives us within our squad because as we mentioned the the fact that Christian Judge and Um, Lewis Boyce both had to play 80 minutes on Saturday against Harlequins kind of affirms uh, in my mind that there may be lack of trust, is that the wrong word, that that Hooper has in the backup props. Um, and, and therefore having Stuart and Abano come in to start and having those guys then um, come back to backups means that we've got, once again, four high quality uh, props on the pitch. And, and that hopefully will be absolutely pivotal on the day and an, a, a big day as well for, for Jack Walker, because there probably will be an uh, experience in Tom Doherty on the bench for Bath. Um, so Jack Walker likely... Maybe have to play the full game and a huge day for him partnering those two England boys. It's an absolutely massive day for
1: for Jack Walker. I had that I had that jotted down actually. He got the set piece pretty much spot on uh, at the weekend against Quinns and I think we need to continue that. We, we mm. you know we joke about the the mud pool and the comments made in in the build up, but it likely is going to be that sort of game. It's not going to be the sort of game that Bristol want it to be and that Bristol uh, generally have played this season and last. So I think we need to make it really hard for them, make it a, um, a nasty physical battle up front uh Harry Thacker I think is is out injured so he hasn't played the last couple of games at least so whether or not they'll they'll be able to draw on on his experience uh, I'm not sure and obviously as you say Abano and Stewart coming back to to partner him is absolutely massive and ensures that we've got uh four props four experienced props who are all playing well all in form can can come on mm. and, and and cause some damage throughout so um yeah I think that's going to be absolutely massive and it's the first time they will have come to the wreck obviously with the clash last year since they since they've come back up oh god it's so, so big. it's uh, obviously we need to avenge the whatever it was 40 odd points to to whatever 15 uh, first game up of the season which was um, incredibly painful and i think we're with our personnel and and our current form um we couldn't really be be better place to do that that that
0: was the 4am hungover wake up job in japan tom oh, yeah. uh, that, that, that that 45 16 crushing first game of the season. Um yeah, that was a pretty tough watch so hopefully that will be avenged and I absolutely cannot wait to to go to the rec and uh, and watch this game and I'm sure it will be a fantastic um you know what it, Atmosphere between two clubs with, with a lot of history, but you know, whilst there will always be that kind of um, grudge element to it, it's always in fantastic spirits, which is key. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I think being at the Rec is important, Tom, and, and I think it, it shouldn't be lost our home record this season in the premiership mm. and we've only lost once in the premiership at the wreck this season that was to an over the cap side so 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 i think that that that's key here and i think hopefully as you say we can use the the, the conditions to our advantage um and, and make bristol pay and, and keep it tight and if it is a tight game we've shown um in recent weeks that that, that we can come out on, on top of these these yeah, games yeah i
1: think that's true. Bristol have, have also showed some, some good form away from, from Ashton Gate. Um they beat Extra early on in the season and Northampton Saints a couple of weeks ago. So two of the two of the top teams in the league there. And I think they'll be, you know, they will be coming very confident against against Bath Rugby to to, to do the same thing. So yeah, absolutely massive. And um I think to quote the immortal words of, of Kevin Keegan, I will love it. <laughs> I will love it if we beat them. <laughs> It's, uh, massive, it's massive as well. Just one final uh, point. One, yeah, on. one final point from me. We, you know, <laughs> from from a table point of view, we, you know, the top four now are starting to to stretch ahead a little bit. Um, and you know, what's really interesting is that teams that were struggling early doors, so Bath, London Irish. Um, Bristol went through a little bit of a rocky patch. So now London Irish in sixth, us obviously in in fifth, and Bristol up to third joint with Northampton in fourth on thirty points. So we're only three points, Bath we're only three points off second place and Bristol have won the last three in the Prem, Bath won the last three in the Prem so it's very been, much been a sort of leapfrog thing. We've gone ahead of them for 24 hours. They've come back ahead of us and that mm. this will obviously put an end to that so I think it's got, got so many different strands to it this one. Local derby, um, boys coming back to the wreck, Dave Atwood, um, oh who who, God. all jokes aside, are, you know, definitely got a soft spot for him and looking forward to, to seeing him him coming to play. Um, And obviously from a from a table top four point of view, um, it's it's just such a massive game. And yeah, uh, um, uh, yeah, I just can't wait for it.
0: Yeah. Bristol not won four in the Prem since 2006, 2007 season. So uh, on the back of that and on the back of we can't predict anything else from from the absolute um, uh, incredible analysis we've just given. I'm going to go a bath win, a tight bath win, um, but a bath win by four, Tom.
1: I'm I'm more bullish than that. I think uh, I think sure. we, I think we might do a little bit of a job on them. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think it, it, it will clearly be tight. Um, it'll it'll be very nerve wracking. Probably quite unenjoyable. 80 minutes for <laughs> for us. Chi. Um, uh, and I'll go Bath by eight. No, no bonus point for Bristol, no and, point. and Bath. If the results go their way, as I say, up into
0: up into second place in the in the Gallagher oh Premiership. God, I can't tell you how happy I'll be on the next podcast if you're right there, Tom. Um, and we'll be back for the next podcast um, back in our usual slot of Monday evening. So into your feeds on Tuesday mornings. Once again, apologies for the slightly later podcast, um, but but hope you enjoyed it. As I said at the start follow us on social media get involved um and and also spread the word as much as you can if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast and there is a bath fan in your life that would love to listen uh, to this slightly biased preview of the bristol game and all other things we've we've spoken about then please do spread the word with them and and kind of join in the conversation with us because as we always say by the fans for the fans and your opinion is just as important as ours please enjoy the rugby we didn't even mention the England victory uh, over Ireland on, on Saturday, such as our um, kind of uh, our blue, black and white tinted Spectacles are on at the moment. It's been a great week for Bath and fingers crossed that continues for another week um, and enjoy the derby. And if you are going, have a great day out of the wreck and uh, uh, support the boys through thick and thin.